0: Welcome back to Dairy Public Radio. Reporting from the basement of the Dairy Civic Center, this is CM Alexander with the news. A Sanford woman hiking a Castle County section of the Appalachian Trail with her two children has reported her daughter, 9-year-old Patricia McFarland, missing and presumably lost in the woods west of TR-90 in the town of Motten. Police ask that you call the hotline with any tips. You're listening to Dairy Public Radio. Dairy Public Radio. Welcome back to Dairy Public Radio, a bi-weekly Stephen King Book Club podcast. I am one of your hosts, C.M. Alexander, alongside Joshua Khan. Hey, everybody. I'm Benjamin Graham.
1: Hey, constant readers.
0: <laughs> and today we are covering The Girl Who Loved Tom Gordon, another Patreon selection by Kaya Benedict. And we are reading through the fifth inning if you are following along, and if not, Major spoilers ahead, and Josh is leading our discussion.
2: First off, uh, I've never read this before. Am I alone? I have never read this one. Awesome. Same. This, awesome. This is like, this came out around
1: the time that I was like between my King phases. This I put in the same category as From a Buick Eight. They are mm. the like weird little lesser known Stephen King books. That came out in the, like, mid-2000s that I had no interest in reading, really. I, in this case,
2: am, was mistaken.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Here's what's great, is that we're we're on a hell of a run. We had Lisey's story that was a first for all of us. Mm-hmm. We had From a at okay, the first of us. This is another first. And, I mean, at least for my part of it, it they've all been pleasant surprises because they weren't what I expected out of them. And this certainly just by the title, I had no idea what I was getting in for and I could not be happier.
0: Can I just say real quick, I thought about you guys a lot while I was reading this first part because I was thinking of the last like in the woods freaked me out thing that we had, which for me was the body in different seasons. Mm. And I remember really loving that one spooky part in the woods, but I couldn't get into the characters. Like all these little boys, I just couldn't relate to them. And we had a conversation about that. And now I'm like, mm. yeah, <laughs> yeah, I get this. <laughs> and then I was like, oh fuck so much baseball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's
1: another reason I had, I like, I kind of passed this book over is you put a, the name of a baseball player in the title of your book, and I'm like, I, "Oh, it's about baseball. Why would I read this?" <laughs> uh, as it turns out, not as huge a part
2: of the plot as I thought. I did go see if those games did happen. Here's, I went back and I checked to see, an, and they an, did not. Here's an oh, embarrassing question:
0: Tom that, Gordon a
1: real person?
0: Yeah. Yes.
2: Okay. Mm-hmm. I thought so. I thought so.
0: Also, not quite accurate, Josh. Uh Go on. Do we do you just want me to whip out the baseball knowledge that I somehow have right <laughs> whip now?
1: <laughs> whip out your baseballs. Right, are you a big baseball head, no. CM? No,
0: no. You,
2: we know CM's not a ball gal.
0: Not a ball boy. Not a car boy. A friend of the show Jeff Loader has given me some helpful information about baseball so that I can understand better what I'm reading and not sound like a moron like I feel like I often do. (laughs) (laughs) And so if I get any of it wrong, or I say something weird, it's my fault, not his. But the first game that we get in the story is actually based off of a real game that happened. In 1998, it was Friday, May 22nd. There were only three games that it could have been in the short time span from when the book was published and everything. The second game is fake, and not everything in the first game that happens is like blow by blow accurate. Sure. But it's essentially that game. It's
2: alluding to a real game. That that ending is the same because I did watch the end of that game. I just thought it wasn't a real thing because I noticed that the date was in May.
0: Mm -hmm. And once we've kind of talked more about what the story is about, I have some fun baseball (laughs) connections to what's happening, (laughs) I think.
2: (laughs) I cannot wait to find out if your thoughts are right. Uh, All right, let's dive into... The Girl Who Loved Tom Gordon, we follow our protagonist, Trisha McFarland, who on this beautiful June day in 1998, at nine years old, will be lost in the woods. Nice to give us that right up front, right?
1: This is another one that wastes no time getting
2: to it. Yeah,
0: and I love that. It's very upsetting instantly. And if you haven't been lost in the woods before, great.
1: (laughs) Have you been lost in the woods before, CM? I
0: thought about trying just just to... (laughs)
3: What?
1: Wait,
0: what? what? <laughs> Just to get in the, like, <laughs> the, listen, I did baseball research. I'm not going to go out <laughs> in the woods and see for the episode, what episode, Save it for house. episode two. Save it for <laughs> That's
1: episode two. Madness. No, but
0: I, I did trek through a, a part of the bike path by our house in <laughs> the woods that mm-hmm. I am the very familiar woods. with that I've been going to since I was a teenager. Yeah, the toy woods. <laughs> I love that one. That, that was comes a great phrase, there. Yeah. And then I went to this part that is like all overgrown and stuff. I feel like a moron because I didn't realize that trails and don't aren't part of woods. That is something. (laughs) You just don't know. You just don't think about it. Like, because (laughs) Josh,
2: I I grew up in the country. So like, (laughs) woods like hunting wood like yeah yeah. Um, wilderness like that's
0: no but i'm talking about like overgrown things that you literally can't walk through like mm, you would need a woods it's the (laughs)
3: big
1: no it's the biggest thing because i personally i'm not an outdoor kid like (laughs) i've never been but i was in the the boy scouts uh for a while So I've been in the woods. I I get how much the woods suck. (laughs) And so like throughout this entire thing, when when they reveal that she's made it nine miles Mm -hmm. in like 10 hours, I'm like through the thick ass woods that it has been describing. Mm -hmm.
2: That's impressive. Yeah. All right, let's, man. (laughs) We are so (laughs) hyped. Okay, so before we get further than that, uh, in the story, <laughs> we get a jump back to see what Trisha's family dynamics are. Should we talk about how what her family is going through right now?
0: Yeah, Trisha is... Was she nine years old yes. right now? She has a brother, Pete, who's 14, mm-hmm. and a mother, Quilla, right? it's, Sure, yeah, it's, it's pronounced Quilla in is the it? audiobook. Yeah, in the oh.
1: audiobook, they call her Quilla, uh, mm-hmm. which is...
2: All right, Antash, calm down.
0: <laughs> Q. And, <laughs> <laughs> and her dad... Oh, man, I forgot his name. I was doing so well. Larry. Larry. And the interesting thing about Trisha is that her parents have recently gotten a divorce after what seems to be a very rocky split.
2: I find it interesting that we have no idea what – I mean, not that a nine-year-old would probably understand the reasons behind Mm -hmm. the divorce – Oh, the only reason we get is alluded to with Pete yelling, why are we paying for what you did wrong? Or- also,
1: that her dad's clearly an alcoholic. Yeah. Like, that's obviously a contributing factor. It,
2: absolutely. It Well, it made me wonder if this is post-divorce spiral or this is something that led to the divorce mm. because they haven't.
1: No, it has to have been an ongoing thing because at one point, uh, Trisha thinks – About how her new house doesn't smell like stale beer, yeah, um, yeah, house did. You're right. Yeah, Yeah, that's uh, there's so much of that. That's a real bummer. Yeah. Anyway her her brother is 14 and he's an asshole, (laughs) a nerd, like a stereotypical nerd that gets picked on a lot. And Trisha is just as unkind about it as her mom. (laughs) Like she's like, I hate this fucking nerd.
0: (laughs) She's uh, see. I didn't feel that way about her no? being being a little sister. Mm, sure. My brother was a teenager when I definitely was oh, not.
1: I guarantee my little sister <laughs> thinks
0: this way about That's <laughs> <laughs> it, it right. It's and I I am sympathetic to Pete because his issue is that um, Q and her children moved away. Mm-hmm. I'm just I'm gonna call her Quilla because yeah, that's what I've been hearing. It. But yeah. I feel dumb now.
1: No, it's it's they, not a name. We'll go. We'll go. Or with maybe Quilla. it is name. Anyway,
0: so they know. they moved away. And he had friends in his old school. He was like leader of the computer club or something. Like he had his clique. King of the nerds. Yep. And now he is a loner and also a nerd. And so he gets bullied and stuff. And mom is not as sympathetic to that as I want her to be. But for me, Trish was just, I feel like she's caught in the middle of, Mm you know one she's wanting going to, through a lot of yeah, shit and like,
1: having to put up with this
0: and can't understand what he's going through and is yeah. just trying to going back and forth she talks about this a few times which i really liked between i'm just going to pretend like everything's the best thing in the world and maybe my excitement will run off rub off on somebody else and then just trying not to cause any trouble
2: one of the big things that jumped out to me and i don't want this to sound like i'm judging anybody who does this but it was not my experience my parents are divorced and my mom kept her the new last name because that was my last name mm. and she wanted me to grow up with someone with my last name with me and so when they make a point that one of the things that Pete hates is that his mom changed her name back which also that's that's a decision you probably don't make lightly mm-hmm. so i imagine
1: there's contention there yeah
2: and now. i it's i think that also builds on the why the mother and son go at each other so fiercely because it's clearly things that are not his place to understand Mm -hmm. because obviously she had some very strong emotional choices if she was doing that and taking the kids. And they move uh, from Boston to Maine, so Mm -hmm. I don't know what that kind of distance is like. It's obviously enough to go back and forth every other weekend, but still, it's jarring for them. And so there's a lot of things that, Clearly, the kids don't understand, and we don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. They should be going to therapy instead of (laughs) going to the woods. And on the weekends that they're with their mom, she has been planning outings, and sometimes it's stuff that she wants, thinks is interesting and wants to go see, sometimes it's specifically for them, but it's usually always the same. Her and Pete fight, and Trisha finds tries to find something to enjoy wishing she was at home reading a book i mm. love
0: the idea of outings though man i could never have a teenage boy i'd piss him off all the time <laughs> it's just that, like she's clearly just trying to keep them occupied and give them new experiences yeah. and things that are learning opportunities too and spending time with them instead of finding a new boyfriend who yeah, sucks it and is, exposing them to assholes <laughs> it, it is
1: a very um convincing family dynamic. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. You get the feeling that these are pretty pretty
2: real people. You
0: can relate to all of them instantly.
2: Before we get to the trail, cannot believe we're this far and we have not even gotten to the trail yet, but it's in this car ride while she's hearing her brother and mom fighting that she talks about her prized possession. It's her baseball cap that's autographed by her favorite player, Tom Gordon. And it builds on this more throughout this first part of the reading, but you... It really that uh, connection with her dad and baseball, mm-hmm. it turns out to be like such a important thing. That's a thing that like got me like real bad through all this because, uh, you know, I've got a little mm-hmm. girl and the way she talks about her dad and then the way she thinks about her dad in those moments. Yeah. I'm like, God, that's tough. Like yeah. to hope like, yeah, you hope your kid looks at you as their hero, but man, you don't want them to have to be thinking about how your breath smells like yeah. beer <laughs> it's
0: it's caused a maturity in her i think yeah. in the way she thinks which startles me because i have to keep reminding myself she's nine she she has her doll mona mm. on her lap in the back seat
1: i was gonna say really because i never for a second in this book forgot that this character was nine years old but uh, i think yeah. he does a really good job yeah no,
0: yeah i just mean her her maturity mm. when she's thinking about her dad yeah. primarily was, that makes sense. It yeah. was like, oh, you're not old enough to have those thoughts. Yeah, they're <laughs> definitely I mean too adult
2: yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. They're too empathetic to yeah. how, he, what he's going through you, as an yeah. adult, I she guess. She shouldn't know anything. Right. She should just
0: be a happy kid.
2: <laughs> so, escaping, the way she escapes this fighting is she uh, fantasizes about casually running into Tom Gordon on her <laughs> way to her friend Pepsi's house. It's so It's such a a (laughs) nine-year-old fantasy, like you're running, say hi to your hero on your way to your friend's house, whatever.
0: If he touched her hand, she would die. (laughs) 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 Just
2: just
1: a real quick note, though, I do have to add Pepsi to... (laughs) the
2: list of worst king names, I I think.
0: I I love it. (laughs) You're right. It is bad, but... Her name is
2: Penelope, but her nickname is Pepsi.
0: I wish I had a friend named Penelope because I would start calling her Pepsi. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Nicknames can be for anybody.
0: From now on, (laughs) I'm (laughs) Pepsi Alexander. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that sounds real sexy, actually. <laughs> Does it? Kind of. <laughs> it sounds a little uh,
2: corporate for uh, Let
0: me. the listeners tell us. Yeah. Uh,
2: Not sponsored. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It's time for uh, also one of my favorite things about this, the chapter titles. We're, we're at the first inning.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Everything has been the pregame until now. So now we are at the trailhead. Clouds are starting to gather. They've They've got their backpacks full of. Uh, some snacks, their lunches, ponchos, the standard things you'd need on a trail that is, it's supposed to be just like an afternoons. Mm -hmm. It it won't be all day. Mm -hmm. And it's rated a moderate trail.
0: But they have a van at the end that'll drive them back to their car. So it's long enough. So it's a few
2: hours. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not too long into this trail before her mom and brother start fighting. And she we we get to feel how miserable she becomes almost instantly because she tries what you mentioned earlier saying like she's genuinely excited cuz she sees a water pump and she's mm-hmm. never seen one before and she's trying to get their attention she's genuinely happy and you watch that genuine excitement just be extinguished mm-hmm. and you get like oh this is this is the kind of day it's going to be i could that she's like they could have done this at home and i could be reading a book <laughs> yeah which I really felt like it hit <laughs> all of us. Yeah. Right?
0: Yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then she refers to herself as the invisible girl. Which again, man, yep. it's um, it's the mist. It's, it's Billy kind of all over again. Not that same severity, but making himself smaller. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's that same. You, you never want to go through reading a kid doing that to themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the invisible girl needs to pee. And so she uh, leaves the Hartfields. To wander off. <laughs>
0: Jeez, I'm glad you said that. No, <laughs> yeah, because the first time, well, this is a reference in case anyone hasn't heard these episodes to Mr. Mercedes, mm-hmm. the relationship between a uh, mother and son. Yes. But I, I was, I listened and I read because I like to do both if mm-hmm. I have time. And the first time I listened, I must have been doing something because she references them bickering like lovers. Yes. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, are they with the dad? And then I had to like go back and figure it out. So that, <laughs> that really struck me, Josh. Just yeah, so.
2: that I, the it's same not way. like that at all. It is just, not at it's a all. Funny thing, but, but just that she kept like she says it once, and then she says it like two more times in the explanation of the, that that big quarrel. Like something
0: lopards. only a child who doesn't know enough about how <laughs> well, disgusting the world is could get away with saying. <laughs> it, it's
2: a thing that she's
1: nine years old. She her only frame of reference for this arguing is mom and dad arguing
0: yeah. oh yeah fuck, she's ben. caught in yeah. the same loop Ouch. of this
2: yeah i feel dumb that i missed hey that. we
0: tried to make it about gross sex <laughs> that, <Ben. laughs>
2: i'll try harder next time <laughs> so she decides they've reached this fork in the path and her family goes one direction and she decides i'm not gonna follow them i'm gonna go down this other side i'm gonna pee over here but then she's like, I don't want to just drop trow in the middle of a trail. I'll, I'll go off the trail a little bit. That's fine. Goes far enough. She can still hear other hikers. Mm-hmm. I should probably go a little deeper so nobody like sees me.
0: She doesn't really have to pee. <laughs> yeah. <she> also. Just,
2: <laughs> oh, isn't that just kind of the rub? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And she does her business and is like, you know, by now I bet they've already noticed that I'm gone and they're probably freaking out. I'll just cut straight through. It was a why. I...
0: I, sorry, I love that it it's described as. And then she made the worst mistake of her life.
1: I okay, like Give I us said, that Boy Scout Like I said earlier, I was in the Boy Scouts. I was maybe the worst Boy Scout. <laughs> um, I did not pay attention. I did not. I fucking hate being outside. I I remember very little of my wilderness survival training. Mm-hmm. But here's a few things I do remember. Never fucking leave the trail. Mm -hmm. If you get lost, don't sprint as fast as you can in any direction.
0: (laughs) There are no shortcuts. (laughs) Oh,
1: it drives me this entire Mm -hmm. book. First of all, I did not realize until I started reading this book how much of a base primal fear being lost in the woods is to me
3: Mm -hmm. i did
1: learn that about myself wow because this book from this point on stresses me the fuck out yes (laughs) really bad wow yeah no it's when okay so she decides to cut through the woods to reach the trail that she knows that her uh mom and brother are on and after she's walked a while she starts thinking oh don't don't deviate cuz you might get lost mm-hmm. and a voice in her head a cold voice in her head says you're that's
2: too late you're already gone
3: mm-hmm. it's
2: so scary the, the way it's described is that she has that thought and then she feels like her guts take root to that fear and i i felt that moment it's it's this awful feeling of like
1: just the slow doom setting in this entire book is just one thing after another of it's worse
2: now
3: mm-hmm.
1: and
2: it's so bad i'm so glad that you phrased it that way because we're getting to her first major freak out and i mm-hmm. wanted to dive into this uh because immediately after this first freak out i thought it's gonna get so much worse before it gets better so i want to like, really set this one in our mind so we can gauge it.
0: Compare it. Yeah. Later. <laughs> like, that's
2: it. It, it feels like a, an interesting idea to me. Maybe it'll be stupid. We'll find out. So, her first freak out, she's like, like you said, Ben, she's gone about 10 minutes weaving through underbrush, realizing she's lost. And she comes to a, a deadfall, and there's no way around it, there is a way under it. So she decides she's going to crawl under it and she accidentally touches a snake and like flips out. So she like bangs the back of her head on the tree and is scratches herself up frantically trying to get through it. It's very natural. It's very real. I'd also freak Mm -hmm. out if I was crawling under a tree and a snake moved under my hand.
0: This may sound weird. My favorite kind of snake is a hognose snake because they're cute. They have have a little upturned nose. So when that happened, it's like, oh, it didn't bite her. I wonder what kind of cute snake it (laughs) was. And then I had to remember in those situations, I've always been looking for one. Mm -hmm. So to have Mm -hmm. one all of a sudden under your hand would be abysmal.
2: Yeah. I mean, have you ever what put your hand on, like, accidentally put your hand, like, on a bug or something? Mm. And it's just, it's <laughs> like it was made of lava. <laughs> <laughs> you freak yes. out so hard.
1: I love the phrase, uh, she s- describes it as a cold, like, a, the feeling of a cold muscle. And I'm like, oh, that's such a, yeah, that's what snakes feel. Like. Yeah. yeah. Good writing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but after this, Trisha adopts. I probably the best strategy she's had so far, which is picking landmark to landmark to move her way through the woods. No, (laughs) no, that's not the
1: best idea she's had so far. If she had reached the deadfall fall and just fucking stopped, yes, this book would be over by (laughs) chapter two. Exactly,
0: we're all even though. Like, we know it's not going to stop because mm-hmm. there wouldn't be a book. We're all screaming at her. Don't move. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I even read like listening and then reading it again. So I've been through it three times. I'm like, just stop. Just stay there.
2: Not a. this is going to be a weird jump. Did either of you in school read Hatchet? yes, yes. <laughs> i thought about hatchet yes. the whole Constantly. time i did too the whole time yes. i kept thinking about hatchet and,
0: and then i read my side of the mountain because it's like mm-hmm. i think i'm into this shit it mm-hmm. was such a like he makes friends with with raccoons and he has like a hot tub in his treehouse that he built <laughs> i was like no this is bullshit
2: did you know there are two sequels to that book What uh, hatchet? Hatchet. Brian's
1: summer and Brian's winter. Right? Yeah. Do you guys see the movie? Alternate history. There's a movie.
0: Yes, it's um, what the the older brother from uh, the Tim Allen show, Home Improvement.
1: Okay. Yeah, he plays Brad
0: from (laughs) Carrie too. (laughs) He's
1: Huh? He Weird. Plays, yeah, he's Hatchet. That's crazy. Yeah, I watched it in high huh. school. <laughs> I did <laughs> not hatchet. know it was a movie. Yeah. Uh, no i I thought about Hatchet a lot. I remember yeah. very much like my I, I count the Hatchet as survival training. Right, right, (laughs) Right, yeah. Uh, is is that the reason
2: that we had to read Hatchet in school in case we had in case we ever got lost in the woods I hope so, because that's dark. I mean, I like I said, I country folk, so I thought maybe that was necessary reading for us. That's why I was so surprised that you guys both read it. Yeah,
0: (laughs) so elitist with this country,
2: (laughs) (laughs) so elite out in the sticks,
0: those (laughs) elite
2: (laughs) rural folk.
1: I'm moving to the humble East Coast.
2: (laughs) Get away from all these highfalutin' country folk. It's about a mile into this strategy of landmark to landmark before she also has the thought, what if this is the wrong direction?
0: That would have been my first thought. Oh, we should also mention she has, I feel like just enough knowledge to be dangerous because her Mm. mom and her mom and grandma sometimes would often go on outings with her in the forest. And like her mom taught her how to pee and not (laughs) pee all over (laughs) her pants and underwear and you know about berries to eat and stuff. And so I feel like she has this kind of false sense of, oh, I know what I gotta do. This is it. I'm just gonna stick to this and it'll be fine. But yeah, my first thought was, but what if the direction isn't the right direction?
1: Yeah, it's it's very frustrating because if her mom taught her anything about the woods, I would think the first thing that you teach is you get lost, you stay put. Mm -hmm. It is
2: the most important thing about being in the woods. Survival quiz. Uh Uh-oh. On the count of three, I want all three of us to point... North. Hold on, give me a second. I have to orient <laughs>
3: myself.
1: Okay, I
2: got it. All I right, got it. All right. So we're gonna go three, two, one, shoot. All right. You okay. This ready? is riveting. This is yeah, radio. Yeah. This is really yeah, great. Yeah, the listeners yeah. will love this. Three, two, one, shoot.
0: Hey, we all we got it. We did it. We're That's geniuses. That's because we, we live by the river. Yeah. yeah. The river it's the only <laughs> reason. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if you are intimately familiar with the Mississippi River, then you will get that bit. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but it's at this point that she has to actually accept that she's lost because she stops and listens again, hears no familiar sounds that bring her any comfort. And this is the first time she cries out for help. And the sound of her own voice being so weak in the cry like, breaks her mm-hmm. inside all over again. I didn't make a a cry counter, but this book, if, if you were going to create a tally for anything, this poor girl... Mm-hmm. It, I feel like at least a handful of times a chapter, it just says she breaks down and cries for a while.
0: Yeah. It's so blessed. It gets so worse. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so for about 15, 20 minutes, she stays in one place, yells, and nothing happens. She has another spiral of sadness, thinking about how scared her mom must be, the public spectacle this is going to be if she doesn't find them first. And in all this panic, she loses track of her landmark strategy and that's when she's wandered off west
0: can i make an observation real quick though about her thinking about her family and i have something to say about this in a little bit after we get to the game she's thinking about her family but there's still that uh, and i don't mean this bad towards her but like the snottiness about it like they're gonna be worried and they should be yep, because they should have noticed that i mm. wasn't there anymore. Like I'm, I'm just a little girl. <laughs> I'm going to
2: make such a big deal about this when I'm when I find yeah. them and I'm
0: safe. So it's just funny cuz she's so instantly terrified, like genuinely scared, mm. but still kind of hopeful, but there's still that just very cuz she's a kid, that part of her that's like and when they when i get back, i'm going to make them suffer for this.
2: <laughs> and they don't know she's missing yeah, yet. They that's still like the next noticed. sentence. Mm-hmm. Oh. They're still fighting each other so badly they have not even noticed she's gone. Mm. And so, what, it's been at least an hour now, right?
0: That's what, yeah, and I was going to ask you guys, because she she's the one who's offering generally, like, I must have traveled about a mile and it's been this long, probably. Mm. Do you guys feel like she's fairly accurate? We, we only get, like, two outside, like, this is where yeah. she's at. Mm. Like, I don't know if if she knows enough to have uh, accurate estimate of how far she's traveled for sure. example I think i'd walk like a quarter of a mile and be like it's a mile right <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm done
2: <laughs> yeah i could see that it could be uh, a little unreliable narrator mm-hmm. for the distance she's gone or, or the concept of time mm-hmm. but i think we're just, she's never watch. yeah
0: she goes through the checklist of things that she left like later on too. Mm-hmm. like man if i had brought that <laughs> with me if i had wore my boots instead of my sneakers
2: mm-hmm. and this is when she breaks ben's other rule of survival she like loses her cool entirely. The panic sets in, and she just takes off sprinting, thinking about all she can think about is Pete saying that you know why are we paying for what you guys did wrong? And uh, then in her thinking to herself, I was just in the van. It was just mm-hmm. safe, and she she sprints to safety. Right, Ben.
0: Have any of
1: you <laughs> had that feeling where something? catastrophic has gone wrong.
0: Yes, I was just going to say you I've have this that fe- thought. Yes,
1: of like, it, it,
0: that, things that were fine. Stubborn, like,
1: things were just how fine. How can
0: this be happening when life can and was normal a minute ago? Yeah, yes.
1: It is it's It is such a terrible horrible. feeling. Horrible, yeah. And, yeah, it, it's... So stressful. <laughs> this
0: book is emotional. <laughs> it it oh, fuck yeah. it is.
1: It, this was a difficult read in a different way than a few of yeah. our, the last oh. difficult reads. I've where, cried twice.
2: Oh shit! Oh. Yeah, the father daughter stuff. Yeah, man. I bet. I, fucks me yeah. I, d- I didn't even think of that. Yeah. But yeah, I can imagine.
0: I always think of you now when there are children involved, Josh. <laughs> yeah. I, this is a part, she, cause she takes off running at this moment. She doesn't even know she's running, right? Cause she's, she's starting to get more panic in her head. Doesn't recognize it. Doesn't realize that she started jogging and then she's just sprinting. She's not looking where she's going. She's running through like thorn bushes and getting kind of scraped up. No clue. Just like mindless, which is horrifying. And then it, it nearly becomes worse than that
1: because she almost sprints off a goddamn cliff. Yeah. It's like I can see it so
2: cinematically, yes. like
1: the way it's described that she she runs and she stops herself in time barely. But she looks down and sees in her head mm-hmm. because that's something we, about Trisha that we we kind of start to learn the is she has a yeah. vivid visual imagination, yes. uh which is really cool. The mm-hmm. way it what yes. it comes to <laughs> yeah it's cool how we're we're actually shown this instead mm-hmm. of just well later on oh she starts hallucinating <laughs> basically it's cool that we are shown no this is just kind of how sh- her brain works because she very vividly can see in her head her falling down this cliff and a branch punching through the bottom of her jaw into her brain
0: if she's lucky yeah no. ah. we've seen harold
1: oh yeah the Fuck. stand oh yeah
0: <laughs> okay have you guys what ever a
1: terrible fucking thought have Ugh. you guys
0: ever had a near miss that you visualized like oh my god what almost just happened and it wrecked you
1: uh, no, I'm extremely good at denial. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, I'll make this brief. I once was on a road that is turns into a school zone, but semis also travel on it. And it goes from like 55 to 25 in a, in a reasonably short amount of time. And I had to stop on this road to turn left. And I look up, it was like every morning I did this, but I look up one morning and I see filling everything I can see a semi Bearing down on me, he must not have been paying attention and didn't see me stopping. And I gunned it. Like, I just slammed on the gas pedal, weaved around oncoming traffic. (laughs) This is a two lane. Into the nearest parking lot and, like... Spun all the way around, and I could see as I was doing that, he was veering off of the road. That's how close he was to hitting me. He had to drive off the road onto the shoulder Fuck. to miss me. And I stopped, and I, I watched him like get back on the road and go back. And I was so scared and angry. I was in my car but i pointed and i screamed at him and said no (laughs) (laughs) but i held it together and then i got i got into the building where i work and i was late because i had to like take a minute to be able to drive again Yeah, and i was like i'm sorry i'm late i almost got hit by a semi and then i saw what almost happened in my head and i just burst into tears
3: (laughs) wow it was
0: horrifying if i hadn't looked up in my rearview mirror i've would probably be dead <laughs> right now. Fuck. <laughs> or just not in a God, good way. Do you
2: ever think about how many near misses we've all had of like uh, just easily? I did do it don't. all the time.
0: Uh, <laughs> uh, you can only do that for if you my do. own
2: sanity. But <laughs> no, uh, I'm invincible. <laughs> I I've never fainted afterwards, no. which is what poor Trisha does. That
0: sucks so bad. Yeah. Too. I fainted once because I have a heart thing that's not life-threatening, but the feeling of going down and not being able to fight it is really upsetting. It makes you mad because you're like, oh, come on. <laughs> like you have all these conscious thoughts and you're like, but I don't want this. Like, no, thank you. <laughs> and that doesn't matter. It's happening.
2: I've only fainted once in my life and I don't remember that feel. I remember like looking at a school bus and then looking at the sky. <laughs> I, I, there, I, mm. there was nothing in between. It was so disorienting. I've blacked out. Is that similar? Yeah. Oh, okay. But that's. I mean. But that is what's <laughs> scary is the loss of time. Yeah. yeah. That she she's been able to have some frame of reference, mm-hmm. but the the first time you lose time, you never get it back. That, you know. That's true. It, especially <laughs> like, not having yeah. a watch. Yeah. Like yeah. she had
1: some idea of how long she's been in the woods if you lose any time that's out the window mm-hmm. you uh, you could have been out there for an hour or you could
2: have been passed out for who knows how long right mm-hmm. so she wakes up because uh, that storm finally rolled in <laughs> we just you knew as soon as king said it might rain it was yeah. for sure gonna rain <laughs> And she wakes up to rain dripping on her face, and a lightning, a lightning strike exploding a tree at the bottom of that canyon. Which Sounds that would that would have made me stay right there <laughs> to watch. Well, just to think, like if some disaster is happening, help. That's I don't need to start a signal flare. That's a pretty good one.
0: So, if you're lost in the woods, you should not set the woods on fire to be found. <laughs> no, because that's where you are.
2: <laughs> that's true. She throws on her poncho that she thankfully has, but the bugs, man. Let's talk about the bugs.
0: Thank you. Because from here on, yes. it's
2: oppressive.
0: They're like, they're mosquitoes, and I forget what the name, like, it reminds me of gnats. I don't mm. know if it's a, a different word yeah, for gnosiums. Yeah, yeah. That. Our relentless will not leave her alone. And I think when she faints, don't the mosquitoes land on her eyelids? Yeah. So she, when she comes to and it's raining on her, her eyes are swollen and she has bites all over her body. And when she puts her poncho hood over her head, the sound of the buzzing inste- insects is magnified. And she's always like, okay, don't slap at them. Be like a horse. You got to just wave mm-hmm. your hands at them, wave them away. And she starts slapping at her head she's like i gotta stop or i'm just gonna be smacking myself crazy it's so it's like this this like it's this injustice to her that never lets up that's yes. always there and throughout the rest of these chapters you are reminded of it just i felt like as soon as you forgot that other just horrible inconvenience
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. this is why we should never go to the woods <laughs> just in general. Why are you going there? There are bugs. It's I, I
0: love you can't nurture.
2: podcast from there. <laughs> hey,
0: what, we've podcasted from a cornfield.
2: We have. That is true. <laughs> the other horrible revelation she has here is that she is hungry.
0: That would be my problem. <laughs> Food and water and a, a warm bed. Okay. I'd have all the problems.
2: <laughs> and, but that it's not only is this a horrible revelation, but this also makes her realize There are probably other revelations I have not considered. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: The worst part of this is that when she pulls out the food that she has and eats, and she she has the thought like, I can't eat all of this because I might be out here a while. Mm. She is eating and she's, she's being considerate of this, but she is not worried. Or Mm -hmm. no, she's worried, but she's not like. Still
0: thinks rescue, like, by the end of the night, she'll be home. And
1: we see how much food she has, and we know that's not going to last very long.
0: She has a hard boiled egg, a tuna salad sandwich, a bag of chips, like, I assume a small snack bag of chips, a bottle of Surge, some Twinkies, and a bottle of water. And that's it, right? That's it.
1: And, like,. Us as the readers are like, there's how much more of this book to go? <laughs> We're on chapter two, like uh
0: couple we, more innings, full game.
2: Yeah, we we <laughs> know that it's not gonna it's yeah. not enough. <sighs> it's the, like that survival stuff where Uh, From that point on, when she took inventory, I was waiting for how King would like she drop her backpack off a cliff or something like there'd be like some way to lose the supplies that she had when she thought she could. Yeah. (laughs) So when that next part did happen, I was like, that's how we did it. All right. And, And just the I don't know if. It would have meant anything, but that King steps out of his way to say she didn't litter the eggshell pieces. Yes. And that would have at least given a sign she was there if somebody had found it.
0: I think it would have because I don't think this is a point where she is out of the range of where all the experts are certain she is. Yeah, So I think, yeah, it would have been a trail to her.
2: And it's when she's packing away all this that she realizes that she brought her Walkman. So at least there's something uh, instead of listening to Tub Thumper by Wamba, which, uh, I mean, she's going to get knocked down. It's a classic. She's going to get up again. Okay. (sighs) But the question is, are they ever going to keep her down? We'll have to finish the book.
0: I, I didn't expect you to do that. And I'm ashamed of myself.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. only have you to blame for that. I know, you're right. So she flips it over to the radio function and she hears her first time call, 309. So now she has something. And at 3.30, the news comes on and there is no missing girl in the report. So she turns her Walkman off to save batteries because she doesn't know how long she might need it. And at least she knows that the Red Sox are playing at seven. So she can turn that back (laughs) on and listen to it if she wants to. I, okay. Her next plan, while bad, at first I was like, oh, all right, I get it. It's from something she learned reading Little House on the Prairie books was she hears a stream and she thinks, well, if I follow the stream, streams lead to bigger streams leading to bigger streams leading to the ocean. And if you hit the ocean before you find people, then that's not gonna work
0: never mind the hundreds of miles of dangerous terrain if you follow it the wrong way or it doesn't go you know yeah
2: also lakes exist (laughs) streams stop places (laughs) i just
0: just, you're so like indignant streams stop places (laughs) it's,
2: it's just that on the surface, that idea does it just makes sense a to logic a 9 year for a kid. Yeah, well, it makes only sense.
0: Comfort it brings me is that she'll have access to fresh water if she would just stop at that stream and wait for rescue. Mm-hmm. I
2: don't know the rules for drinking stream water. I know you're not supposed to. You're supposed to boil it because it can have yeah, stuff yeah. in it
0: that would make you sick. Yeah. yeah, and like the river, don't drink the Mississippi River. Oh God, honestly. no.
2: If it's brown, slow it down.
0: um, (laughs) That's
2: what they say about drinking Mississippi.
0: This is such a Midwest episode.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're really letting our Midwest (laughs) flag fly. So she follows uh, this trail, like this route basically that she has now. And she does everything she can to make sure she keeps the stream in sight. Because that's now her only marker. And what's funny is she's going along that bluff still. But Mm -hmm. she has not had the guts to look over the edge yet. And so this time it's coming towards like an end. She's like, all right, I'm going to do it. And she gets down on her stomach and like army crawls. Hmm. And it's like 20 feet. It's so, <laughs> so much less. And she's like, yeah, I could survive that. <laughs> can Can she? Can she su- survive that? She almost doesn't.
0: <laughs> I the, the way this part was written, I've never even watching people fall. Down things like this like in movies like stunts mm-hmm. I've never really understood the mechanics of how like when her so she starts to slide because it's is this where it's slippery
2: yeah she's trying She decides to climb down the embankment because it's not mm-hmm. a straight drop and there are some rocks here and there and some mm-hmm. little branches sticking out so she thinks she can maneuver safely
0: yeah. but it's all loose mm-hmm. and she doesn't know where it's loose so she does lose her footing and goes down really hard on her side and then she starts to slide uncontrollably down and it's it's the it was the point when i think it was her foot like just hit a very lodged firmly rock and that just sent her body flying through the air, somersaulting. And I was like, oh God, like that. I know this, sound, this sounds so stupid, but it's like, that's how it happens. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean?
2: Yeah. Well, in movies, it's always like somebody rolling down just on their side, rolling. or Like the way yeah. you would roll down a hill if you were voluntarily rolling down a hill. Yeah. But it's so much more violent, uh, a tumble yeah, down just the to hill.
0: Hit something that's not moving and yeah. you just go. It's once so you, like, once scary. Once
2: the momentum starts mm-hmm. you just you go with it
0: and it gets worse somehow
2: <laughs> yeah she crashes into a tree and not just a tree but just so happens to crash into the wasp's nest that's in the tree so
1: it is it is almost too much yeah right it me. is it's, it's so is,
0: seriously written though other it, it sounds mm-hmm. cartoonish the way we're laying it out
1: it, it's just the the whole book up to this point it is so many over-the-top disasters that happen back to back over and over again it is just like it can't can it be enough that she's scared in the woods she has to fall down a (laughs) hill into a wasp's nest that's it's too much uh but
2: it it works it's effective
1: (laughs)
3: like
2: she gets stung in in the the back. She gets stung stung in the eye.
0: Well, by her or eye, not, in her, the yeah, eye not in her eyeball. She
2: gets stung by her eye, and like I sometimes I keep forgetting that it's gonna be su- like it's swelling shut. Yeah, it's almost completely swollen shut. Uh, but and she <laughs> has the moment where she's like, "Well, I know I'm not allergic <laughs> now because I would be very dead."
0: Luckily, though, she runs kind of mindlessly, but she runs to the stream, and so they stop following her.
2: Yeah. This was that moment I was talking about that. How do we damage or get rid of a surplus of supplies? Mm-hmm. Because she realizes now she has time she can check. And I was expecting bottle of water burst all the way mm-hmm. open. It's actually not that bad. The
0: Everything's just mushed. Yeah. Everything is like
2: <laughs> crushed and yeah. she has she's going to have to deal with that. But her uh, beverages are still intact.
0: Her Game Boy's crushed. Her
2: Game yeah. Boy is crushed. Rip.
0: She thinks that since her Game Boy is crushed, her Walkman probably will be too. And she says a prayer like, oh God, please don't let it be broken. I only mention that because it comes up again later. And somehow it is not. Okay, this is the first time. (laughs) I was thinking way too hard about this, like being maybe a Jacob's Ladder situation. Mm. I wondered if it was really crushed. And everything we get, like she has a head injury <laughs> and everything we get with the Walkman <laughs> after oh, wow. this is her just hallucinating the game and the voices and that they're searching for.
2: That's Ugh, so dark. I don't dark. Like that at all. It's oh not my that. God. <laughs> Have you finished the book? Do you know for sure? No. See? <laughs> <laughs> she, when she does take the Walkman out though, it does work. It's somehow not destroyed. It's a little banged up, but when she turns it on, that's when she hears Uh, She just so happens to hit the news report that was reporting her missing.
0: They're searching for her. So she continues to run away from them as fast as she Mm -hmm. can.
2: (laughs) It's the, I I kind of get the, the fact that She's tr- She darkness, thinks she's rushing
0: well, to meet them. Yeah. And,
2: and it's getting dark. Yeah. She is
0: bound and determined yeah. not to be here at night. And it's like, oh, girl.
2: <laughs> it is very clear. The moment she's like, I cannot sleep here at night is also the same moment you feel like she knows she's sleeping out here tonight.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So she, and <laughs> it's just a nice touch that she's not only scared of the dark, but she is still scared of the dark in her room where there's a street light outside. <laughs> <laughs> so you just know that wilderness darkness is not going mm. to be kind mm-hmm. to Trisha. So she finds this crescent-shaped clearing that she can hold up in for the night and she sits down on a tree and CM, since you talked about it a little bit earlier, the praying about her Walkman, she tries to pray mm-hmm. now and, and it feels forced.
0: Yeah, and we get some we get a little thing with her and her dad where she had asked him.
1: This is the first time we actually get descriptions of her dad yeah yeah because it's been he's been built up to be like it's very obvious how important her dad is Mm -hmm. but this is the first time we actually see her
0: interacting Mm. with him it made me kind of sad though because i feel like i could tell he was drunk in this conversation they're eating ice cream and she's asking do you believe in god and the way she describes him just like drunkenly slowly answering her she describes it as this moment of she felt special because he was taking the time to really think about answering her. It was like, mm. this uh. is where I
2: cried the first time. Oh, yeah. gosh, sorry. Uh, like I, the idea of having this conversation with my child broke my heart.
1: I do have to say that for the most part, even the childlike kingisms that Trisha mm-hmm. has usually put into the mouth of Pepsi. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah.
0: I love Pepsi. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
1: Even those are not so offensive that I like remembered any of them. I was just like, (laughs) okay, she's nine, it's fine.
0: She has catchphrases. Yeah,
1: it's whatever. It doesn't bother me uh, in this case. But this scene does have one of the worst bits of writing that I've ever read. Just, it's a single line, and it made me go back, because I was like, the fuck does that mean? It is, she She is flashing back to just a few weeks ago, when she was eating ice cream with her dad, and asked him, do you believe in God? And there's this bit where she says, he said, God, like it was some new <laughs> ice cream. <laughs> yeah. flavor. God, vanilla with God, instead of vanilla with Jimmy's. And I'm like... That means nothing, <laughs> what are you talking about?
0: What are Jimmies?
1: Sprinkles? Sprinkles.
0: I didn't know that.
1: You did, yeah. The sprinkles are called you, Jimmies.
0: That's so cute. Yeah. <laughs> Who calls them that? Like 80-year-old men? Me. <laughs> Stand by it.
1: <laughs> uh yeah. It's just that it, it, most of the book is pretty, pretty yeah. good. But that one line, I was like, that what w-
2: <laughs> terrible. What did you guys think of his his answer? What he believes in the subaudible? I actually love this. Yeah, uh, that, that' pretty close to my own
1: mm-hmm. beliefs uh, on the matter.
0: That yeah. like energy, God yeah. is
1: the the, the the stuff that makes the stuff happen. Like, don't yeah. think about it too much. It's beyond our understanding. There is or isn't. I don't know.
0: It's this moment's so cool though because it sets up something that happens later when things are really bad and she's like lamenting essentially that God is just this kind of like ignorant impersonal. energy. Yeah, it's <laughs> not looking out for people. Mm-hmm. It's not making decisions. It's just something that exists and cannot dictate what happens to her. She has no control over that. And I really loved that moment too. It was cool.
2: This is the the part that messed me up was that it breaks my heart that while he's giving this answer. It's interesting because she is listening to him with all of her attention because mm-hmm. it's her dad and she cares about what he has to say. But it's also while he's answering that she's thinking about how far he's fallen, about the the lawn isn't cut, mm-hmm. and he, she smells the beer on his breath. The swing, mm-hmm. and the she swing set, she still swings set is, on just to make him happy. Even yeah, though she's too big. <laughs> uh, that you can you can tell that he is he's given up. Mm-hmm. Like she can see that her dad has. Just stopped trying. And that answer didn't satisfy her. It wasn't what she was hoping for. So he's on his way back in to grab another beer. And she calls out. Like She describes it as it's almost like looking back on it now, something made her ask again, which I thought was neat. And he she says, but do you believe in anything else? And he's like that Tom Gordon can get 40 saves this year. (laughs) like like, Oh, your heartthrob Tom Gordon will get 40 saves this year. And the fact that it was so not the answer she was expecting surprises laughter out of her. And then she also just feels love for her mm-hmm. dad because she because he recognized Tom Gordon as her heartthrob, yeah. which he is, and he's being nice about it and not teasing her. And it just <laughs> and, a, re, a real nice, wholesome father daughter moment that is. also makes you realize that how far he's probably fallen. He's
0: not far off on the game though, because he's it's forty four in real life. Oh really? Was it yeah. forty four that year? Mm-hmm.
2: God, they play so many goddamn games in baseball. <laughs> Seriously, so many. So this doesn't really help her right now. She can't pray to the sub-audible, and she can't do anything else, so she decides to listen to the game. Do you guys want to talk about the the game she listens to? CM, do you have any baseball facts for us?
3: (laughs) I will CM,
1: please make this interesting. (laughs) Because otherwise this was a huge waste of my time.
0: You didn't tell me I had to make it interesting. (laughs) Okay, so I'm gonna do my best. Forgive me if I fuck it up horribly. (laughs) I want to spend a few minutes talking about the games because I do think they're applicable to what's going on with her situation. We have the first game, which we we're getting now and we'll get the other one a little bit later. In this first one, this is a very exciting game. It's a nail biter. There's hope in this game, kind of like there is for her still at this point. Like she She knows, but it's not fully sinking in, she Mm -hmm. still kind of has like those childish ideas of, I'm not going to have to stay the night in the woods, am I? And even though several things happened in this game, as she's listening, that could have meant a loss. The things kept getting stacked against the Red Sox, like the single that Williams did. (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing my best. Hit. Hit. (laughs) And they were down by enough that statistically they could have very easily lost the game. Mm. And that's why when she starts listening to this, she's disappointed because she's like, oh, I'm not even going to hear Tom Gordon. Like he's not going to come in. And he comes in and somehow he gets the save anyway. And so she's not so lost and hurt yet that the idea of rescue or winning for her is out of the realm of possibility, even though her situation doesn't look good, which kind of mimics what this first game is. Of course, by the time the second game comes around, which we'll talk more about, obviously, it's filled with a lot of bad moments for the Red Sox. And she has experienced mm-hmm. several setbacks that make her feel helpless, like this game is hopeless and she's hopeless. And is this is where she's really starting to doubt her ability to survive. And so I was trying to draw parallels. Maybe I'm stretching too hard, but, you know, King focusing on apparently this is like one of the greatest rivalries In baseball history, the Yankees and Red Sox, which I just didn't know because I don't follow baseball. So it's we have them. Then we have Trish versus the outdoors is how I was trying (laughs) to look at this moving forward. So but there are parallels of resiliency and focus. Like when she decides to follow the stream, no matter literally no matter what happens to her. It's sort of like that. She's kind of like this. Strong baseball player in a way and her liking tom gordon because of his stillness so i had to ask about that because it's like is that like that sticks out to me but is that significant or does it stick out to me because i don't know anything Mm -hmm. so i learned (laughs) that closing pitchers are specialists oh yeah i didn't know that
2: okay dude being a closer is sick
0: yeah they only come out if it's a save situation so if they had been losing the game. Tom Gordon wouldn't have come in because there would have been no point to because there's nothing he could have done that would have won the game that would have saved it. Okay. So when they went up by a run, that made it a save situation, which is why they could call him out. Um, the closers tend to be very focused and chill and still because they have to be. But they all usually have these little rituals they do, like like superstitions, things to get them in the moment and focused. They might do things on the mound or like mm-hmm. walk around the mound or touch their hat a specific number of times and probably other things, which I didn't realize baseball was so superstitious. It's like well, probably sports in general. But yeah. That's one of the few things I, I do know cool. about baseball. Yeah. Um, so Tom Gordon is different, though, because he doesn't do any of that. And when I understood that i wondered again maybe i'm really stretching but is that uncharacteristic stillness which i'm now reading as stability because that's the opposite of her home life is that why she's drawn to him because she i think she has a lot more problems than we see things Mm. common to a divorce but i think she's just the sadder kid than than what we're seeing in her head what's been made obvious to us so far when things are starting to go bad i think we I mentioned this a minute ago. She doesn't think of her mom or dad or brother for comfort. She doesn't wish that she could talk to them. She hasn't even really missed them yet. It's more like that sassy, like, oh, man, what are they going to do? Mm. She thinks of Mona, her doll. Like, she thinks of a doll for comfort before her family. And she has nightmares later about her dad being mean to her while drunk. That's and,
3: definitely, oh
1: there's something there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's the fact that a scene with a drunk dad and a wasp's nest <laughs> is bordering uh, on yeah. self uh, plagiarism, but
0: it's, oh, well, later too, she doesn't, she's not missing her parents so much like she starts to think about him and kind of miss him but who does she focus on like who does she envision in her head and who is she having these imaginary conversations with it's tom gordon which goes to something you mentioned earlier i think it was ben Mm -hmm. about her ability to really visualize Mm -hmm. as i've been told that base a lot of baseball fans like listening to games better than watching them on tv because they're not so fun to watch on tv they're really interesting to listen to especially like the the announcers back in the day don't just narrate what's happening, but they make it like this really intriguing, interesting, fun thing to listen to.
1: Yeah, like Brockmeyer. Everybody Trisha, should watch Brockmire. It's a good show.
0: <laughs> Trisha knows the player so well that she is, while the announcer is talking, she is picturing all the little moves that they all do, which I don't know if that will come into play more later, but it's just really neat that she could do that. And then I'm not going to go into it, but I have baseball facts about what actually happened in the game this is based off of. I'm not even going to try, though.
2: (laughs) Save it for the outro.
0: But yeah, what... (laughs) Yeah, sure. (laughs) Here's your baseball. (laughs) I don't know. What do you guys think of of any of that?
2: That was a lot.
0: Sorry. Uh, (laughs) No,
2: it's good. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Uh, First thing, I love the idea of her... So I'd been thinking about her love of Tom Gordon. Mm -hmm. And obviously it's from her dad because her, her... it's clear mm-hmm. her dad is a big Sox fan mm-hmm. and closers are very, very important in baseball. So she, he already had a status because her dad, dad liked him. Yeah. But then now that you say that thing about stability, I bet like that's on a level she doesn't realize she connects to it. I bet that that really resonates.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do. I hope that we get more uh this is weird for me uh, to say, but I do hope that if we do get more baseball, that it is a parallel. Mm-hmm. I because I, I honestly zoned out because i did i cared too. so little about that's this. why i that's sure. why i
0: talked to someone about it because i'm like i i listened to it and i'm like crap i gotta rewind because nope and then yeah, i read it and i was like i was thinking about something else while i was reading this <laughs> Yeah, it's
1: so much more interesting to think that this is <laughs> that this serves a narrative purpose yeah, well and it
0: has too, too because of the the chapter titles mm-hmm. and like everything like it there has to be more to it. Josh. I love it because
2: you thought way too much about it <laughs> oh, no. and Ben zoned out for the baseball. I can tell you yeah. exactly why this is so important this this first game. Tom Gordon is a stand-in for her dad because her dad can't be that dad he was before. Mm. Mm. Because it is she first of all she puts so much importance on Tom Gordon, but when he does come out she even does the thing that um in the the last at bat, it's Daryl Strawberry, uh, who is oh, from, a beast. The from, from the Simpsons, from the Simpsons, known Simpsons <laughs> cameo actor, and he gets a full count, which is two ball, uh, three balls, two strikes, and she absentmindedly knocks on the tree while she's listening, and it's earlier mentioned that every time there's a full count, her dad knocks on something wood. So those things like she is connecting to Tom Gordon, but she is also absent-mindedly echoing her father and those like things that she's learned from him. So that's where like I think that route is going. And it's also she puts astronomical importance on this game mm-hmm. because when he comes out. She says, "If he, if Tom Gordon can get the save, I will get the save. Mm-hmm. So if he gets the save here, I will be saved. Mm-hmm. And again, I think that's a, a standard like you're, you're a lost kid. You, you like you want your mm-hmm. mom and yeah. your dad. And if her dad is that person who's important to her, she wants that's who she wants to feel safe by. And
1: uh, is this the point where she has the thought maybe all the bad stuff?" Is done. Yeah. Do you do you remember that? <laughs> because that line um killed me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because she has this thought of like uh, all this bad stuff, but maybe the the worst stuff is behind her. That's, and this the, the <laughs> second she says that, you're like, oh no, no, it's well, not. Well,
0: it's funny she says that because she gets mad at the announcer who says something about the the guy coming yeah, up to that. Yeah, she's like, oh, um, why would yeah. you say that? Now he's going to be dangerous.
2: <laughs> also, yeah. I forgot another major point that when she's listening to this game before the socks come back and it's clear that Tom Gordon is going to come out, she still cannot turn it off because she takes comfort in the Mm subaudible. Yeah. She's listening she is dialed in on all of the crowd noise that if she were normally listening would be the Mm subaudible. So she's also Oh, that's cool. Following her dad's <laughs> like I'm telling you, it's
1: her dad. We never explained what the sub audible oh, is. Yeah. It's just the he, he her dad talks about when you're you're in an old house, you are in the house, do you hear the the,
0: the fridge the fridge running, kick on? The uh, yeah, creaks and just the noise of the world kind of.
1: Yeah, the everything that is always there but that you get so used to mm-hmm. that it fades into the
0: background.
1: Mm-hmm. It, I think it's just a really cool way of like, we're constantly surrounded by the the world is full of beauty and terrors and all of these enormous emotions uh, and things in the world that we just in the course of day-to-day life are like, that's too much to think about. <laughs> uh, and it kind of fades into the background once she gets put into this position where all of the, the she has to dial in to the sub audible because mm-hmm. it's all there, all there is out here. I don't know. It's a cool idea. I like it.
2: So before she goes to sleep, she gives one single point to the sky, which is what Tom Gordon does when he gets the save. Just a simple gesture. Nothing fancy.
1: It should be a moment of like, triumph because it's this triumphant gesture and she just mentions how much more alone it makes her feel
2: yeah bummer so bad luckily she'll be safe oh wait there's something large breaking branches that can be heard in the distance Mm -hmm. and that's all we're gonna get from that for right now Next, we got a, a King Dream sequence. We touched on it a little bit, but any, any additional thoughts on the King Dream sequence?
0: Well, now that Ben has put Jack Torrance in my head with the wasps, <laughs> yep. I'm, I'm thinking of that kind of per- unique parental cruelty.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: it's kind of one of those dreams. And I couldn't tell. At first, I was like, is she dreaming about something that had happened or is this just a nightmare?
1: It could very well be something that happened. It doesn't, could be yeah, either way yeah. cuz she she thinks that like normally dad isn't mean, but right now he's being mean to me mm-hmm. and he's just kind of berating her for not wanting to go into the cellar to get him a cold beer, mm-hmm. which is absolutely something I can imagine he has done and right. she just is so adoring that She doesn't think about
2: it. Mm -hmm. I just realized that earlier we talked about uh, that. She's so happy that she he thinks she's like, he knows he's my heartthrob and he's not being mean about it. Does that Mm -hmm. mean he's been mean about it before? Maybe. That's I don't like that.
0: Like I said, I think that's why her family are the last people she thinks about Mm -hmm. for comfort.
2: So she wakes up in the night disoriented and crawling out. She sees how messed up she is in the reflection of the water. One of her eyes is pretty much swollen shut. The, everything hurts when she moves. There's the, that voice, that cold traitor voice in the night here too that also tells her that there is something out there that is waits for the lost ones and it's just waiting for her to get more afraid before mm-hmm. it comes Slenderman.
0: out. Slender man. I love... She... <laughs> She describes this voice as gleeful on top and cold on the bottom. Mm-hmm. And the, the voice acting of this voice.
1: Extremely good. And hash yes, the, the she,
0: book. I can, it's outstanding. I had to rewind and listen to it again. It's like, oh my God, she just, that's the best bit of voice acting I've ever heard. Wow. Yeah, is, it's, it's amazing.
1: very, very good. No, this part scared the shit out of me. I, I hate yes. this. I don't like the woods. I don't don't like monsters. No, I like monsters. Monsters are pretty cool. (laughs) But no, it's this, this she had this cold voice that is mocking her in her head. It says, you know, just keep looking. Any second now, you'll see its face. Mm -hmm. And just imagining being in the middle of the woods in the pitch black of you don't the recognize night those shapes alone. and shadows <laughs> and j- i can see it so clearly mm-hmm. in my head just a monstrous face suddenly appearing no
2: nope, mm-hmm. nope don't like it, it or gave a bear me, it gave me real like uh long boy energy uh, of the there's this thing in the woods and she mm-hmm. even it even says like you will go insane the second you see it and you'll die laughing it's, because that's what crazy people do. It's
1: so scary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's human, right? We're going to get to it.
0: I
2: think it's human. What, what do you think, CM? I don't know. CM's finished the book. She's probably- No, something.
3: that <laughs>
0: would be as much trouble as she's had making her way through. Like, too much it, effort. That's not... too much effort to kidnap a kid. There are other available children around.
2: That misdirect is so pointed. I also- We will get there.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah, I... <laughs>
2: This episode is so okay, long. Let's move on. Oh my God. <laughs> We're not even close. So, <laughs> um, I want to ask you guys this is another point we get. Uh, we've had a few periodic check ins with the outside world with what her family's been doing. Mm-hmm. It was really that, that one at the top, and then it didn't happen for a long time. And I didn't even catch the one at the top, I think,
1: because when it happens here,
2: it blew my mind. Yeah.
1: I, w- I was like, "Oh fuck, I didn't realize we were going to change
2: perspectives at yeah. all. I wasn't expecting it." Well, how are you guys enjoying that? Is that enhancing things for you? Or do you wish it was not happening? Is this you- are there in
0: the hotel room? Yeah. It doesn't bother me. It's just a such a brief moment and it mm-hmm. Honestly, it doesn't. It doesn't pull me out and it doesn't mm-hmm. take me away from what she's going through or ruin any like Tension, I guess.
1: I, I, I think it adds right in- tension. I think it's incredibly effective because suddenly we get this sh- change, shift of perspective, and we find her parents, uh, her mom, is in this hotel room being looked after by the police, and her dad is flying in to, to uh, be with the family. And we find out that there have been search parties, mm-hmm.
3: trained
1: woodsmen mm-hmm. in the woods with dogs all day. And they have not found her because she is nine miles away from their primary search area. It is is it it is so effective yeah. Yeah. at immediately making you feel
0: hopeless. Because mm-hmm. you are suspecting that as she's making her way through the woods. But I think part of you is like, maybe she's yep. going parallel to something useful. No. No, having <laughs> the
2: definitive, like, no, it, she's- yeah fucking lost Mm -hmm. after we check in with the family here we cut back to where trisha is and she is yelling and begging whatever this thing is to not get her she's just a kid Mm -hmm. and it listens she hears the branches break moving further and further away and she pretty much just counts her blessings crawls back under that tree and she imagines tom gordon watching over her I just love that she asks Tom Gordon the secret to closing. <laughs> and she, uh, it, this is, again, her very active imagination. She imagines first that his answer will be like God or practice or something like that. But it's actually this very great Detailed thing, which I absolutely love, that and it's basically his his uh, secret to closing is you got to let him know you're the guy, yeah. they're not the guy. Like <laughs> the fucking rules.
1: That made me excited for the second half of the book. Mm-hmm. Like that has to be that has to come back. In, yeah, because first of all, Trisha, if if this book ends with Trisha fucking lost in the woods. <laughs> I'm going to lose my entire goddamn mind. Oh, yeah. So this has to play into mm-hmm. like the finale. Mm-hmm. Her there there's gonna be a part where she stands up and shows someone that like she's the guy. Yeah and mm-hmm. I fucking love that. I'm excited <laughs> for
2: that. I do wanna this Last check-in with the family before the end of this chapter, we just get that the dad has shown up, mom and dad had sex. None of that matters. What really matters is her brother Pete, who's in the adjoining room and is having this the dream, and I'm sure this isn't a dream. uh, He's thinking about fighting with his mom on the trail, and the only reason he turned back from his mother was so that she didn't see that she landed a blow that made him start crying and through tears, he looks back and sees that she's gone. So that's, like, we get a hint that that's how they found out she was gone.
0: And so gone that it's like he never had a sister at all. Yeah.
2: Mercifully, she sleeps through the day, but when she wakes up, her body feels like shit, of course. And things go from bad to worse because the stream has turned into a bog with a bunch of dead trees. Clearly a fire tore through here. and this sucks. Yeah. It's that realizing she decides she either has to push on, but she can always turn back. And then again, (gasps) King with the most people don't consider that when things get too far that they should turn back, they've gone too far to turn back. (sighs) Yeah. And this, we don't have to go into the blow by blow because it's a lot of her slogging through this. It is
1: just, if there is one thing, uh, another thing, (laughs) Ben Graham's survival (laughs) tips, don't fucking get your feet wet yeah uh, just I mean just being wet in general mm-hmm. is the worst that's so it's so demoralizing mm-hmm. it just feels at least for me yeah I no it's awful hate it mm-hmm. and once she is getting into this bogland you're like mm-hmm. oh no, she's gonna wade out into it not have any way to to not completely soak everything. Mm-hmm.
0: It I this part's so frustrating for me because I just keep thinking once you have hit a place where no humans would reasonably travel, like you are outside mm-hmm. of possibly being found. Like, it, don't uh, pursue that. Also,
1: <laughs> uh, not that I'm a fucking trained woodsman, but up to this point, she's been leaving tracks. You can follow. Oh, you can follow <clears throat> someone through the woods once you enter a bog you're not leaving a trail mm-hmm. uh, especially this. and then once she she kind of like sits down on a log and like gathers her thoughts and up to this point she has been traveling in one direction because she has been following the stream the stream doesn't exist anymore and when she heads out she just picks a direction because she thinks she sees a hill in the distance mm. she is now completely cut off her trail and is going in a random direction
0: and she doesn't see it. it's not a hill and it's a, and what happens with the deer head too Ugh. this whole this section it's like if if you were reading and i know i mentioned this on the last book we covered but i don't know why it's in my head if you're reading pet cemetery where it's almost like that that fever dream where he's mm. seeing crazy shit and he's walking through the woods it's, it's surreal. like that except just all real, like real? actual yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. The, the brutality <laughs> yeah. of it is reminded me of that. But Explain not
2: getting Explain for everyone the deer. Yeah, so. okay. this fucked me up.
0: Well, she's just making her way from like as solid footing as she can find and things to grab onto, and she sees this like what she call it the island of.
2: Whatever those berries are called. Yeah. Some, fiddle fern or fiddle figs.
0: Yeah. Something edible figs. that her mom talked about that we will <laughs> <laughs> nibble nubs. The, the island of nibble nubs. Yes. Yeah. She is going to make her way towards that because she knows she can eat the fruit and the leaves and they're really tasty too. And she doesn't have any food. And she had passed other bushes with berries that were edible, but at the time wasn't hungry, so didn't think mm. about creating a supply and she starts to get over there and it's and again like bugs have just been on her this whole time but she sees just like this mass this swarm of flies and other insects and blood all over this like little she describes as like this island of this edible yeah nibble nubs nubs, thank you (laughs) yeah and she sees a severed deer head and describing the The neck wound of it, like the stub of the neck is having a buzzing black collar because of the flies and bugs that are on it. Made me feel nauseous. It was really awesome. (laughs) (laughs) And, And so she's like, well, fuck that. I'm not getting those nibble nubs. So she finally like makes her way further on and then sees the rest of the carnage of this deer. And she's also been seeing, or maybe it's like right after this, where something has like slashed that's why I wasn't sure it was a human yeah. has slashed this tree. Like she describes it as it was in their way or its way and it just knocked it over.
2: Yeah, and also the the body is in two halves. Yeah, why the deer body's in two halves yeah. and the head and that is like it's not a casual distance away. It
0: to her it seemed like something did that to ruin her opportunity yes. to get mm-hmm. that food
2: supply. I love
1: it's, that. It's it is so spooky. It is intentional, and it is so, it's surreal. It's yeah. uh, great. I've, when its It wasn't until she reaches the second island that is how far away? It's, it's significant. Mm-hmm. A significant distance away. It's she like finds an another yeah. area with these nibble nubs, and she finds the body.
0: Yeah, like, also, wh- why? Why? If- <laughs> If nothing else, any other type of predator other than bugs have come at this thing yet, how recently was it left there? Sure. Like, where's whatever did that? How far away Ugh. is it? Not far, it seems like. Right. Based on what happens at night.
2: Her journey eventually does take her out of this bog over a hill and she sees uh, a fresh stream and she runs down. She eagerly drinks out of it and it's the best tasting water she's ever had and figures this is the next Option to make a camp. So she kind of builds herself a rudimentary setup with stuff that's around. uh, Pulls out the Walkman and the signal's weaker. And I don't know why that made me as sad as it did. It's such a bad sign. (laughs) Yeah, it's so bad. It's so stressful because...
1: I got this sense during the the first game that she is listening to, uh, she is talking about listening, you know, we talked about the subaudible, she's listening to the crowd Mm -hmm. of people, and she is thinking about how alone that is making her feel, and how she is so terrified to turn the radio off, because once she does, she will be alone in the woods, with nothing but woods noise, and... Having the radio starting to not work Mm -hmm. is such a huge, like, the feeling of approaching the end. Like, so much of this book is just slowly listening, or slowly reading about a little girl dying in the woods.
0: I was just thinking Starting to feel that way,
1: yeah. And it's so... Uh, hopeless and like just the the static on the radio is just a sign of it will be worse
2: this whole this last chunk you it, it does have that it can't get worse and then right here it proceeds to get back to back worse because uh, she cannot stop vomiting and shitting, mm-hmm. and it just burns and it's terrible. And
0: she's pr- already dehydrated. She's already
2: dehydrated. Um, a call has come into the main police station about a uh, the caller saying that Trisha has been kidnapped by Francis Raymond Mazerall, who will rape and kill her in a few days if they don't catch him. It gives him it gives them the car and says they're probably in Connecticut by now.
0: Quick question for you: guys. Yes. This is the other part that, and it. <laughs> I think we realize this is not the case like right after this, but for a moment I thought, Oh, is she, is she with this person? Did she actually get kidnapped and she's being harmed and she's like, This is the fever dream. Like there were two Mm. things where I'm like, she's not really lost in the woods. This is something else happening to her just because of the kind of fantastic elements of what's happened. Not the case, but also the person who called in, I felt like is either maybe I watched too much true crime, like crazy weirdo or the person who's committing that crime, like trying to interject themselves into the thing in the woods
1: is the guy who made the call. He is That's a what I was trained thinking. woodsman. No, uh, yeah. I don't
0: like it. No, I want it to be had, a monster. It's less
1: found, scary. <laughs> has found her mm-hmm. and is tracking her, and he made that call specifically to get them looking elsewhere.
0: Can't it just be a that bear? That was my
2: first thought, too. And it's so it's fucking gotta be. scary. And that is <sighs> <No. laughs> so
1: much more fucking nihilistic. It, this book is bad enough when it is, like I said, a little girl dying in the woods. That sucks. But adding the, oh, it is not just Nate, this is not a little girl versus nature. It is a little girl versus, oh, on top of it, humankind is evil mm. and awful. It's a bit much.
0: I'm going to stick with my supernatural bear theory. We'll find I, out. I, who's- I'm, honestly, I would <laughs> rather. I, would I know. Ra- I know. That's why I'm sticking yeah. with it. Josh, you look really sad.
2: Well, uh, oh the third God. terrible thing that happens is the socks lose. Bummer. Jeez. (laughs) (laughs) That would have gone better, but you really jumped on me. (laughs) (laughs) So back at camp, it's a lot more of just Trisha suffering. She thinks that, she thinks like, I'm not, I definitely, the water made me sick. I can't drink it. And then she does again and still thinks by the morning she'll either be dead or so sick she'll wish she was Mm -hmm. dead. And that is when we see Tom Gordon for the first time fully imagined. Mm -hmm. It's so great because it's like it's this is
1: the middle of the night again, right? Yeah. Cause it is it is pitch black and she's talked about how the moonlight, how bright the moonlight mm-hmm. is, that she's surprised how well she can see in the dark. But she sees Tom Gordon in his baseball uniform is so white it nearly glows in the moonlight. Mm-hmm. It is it is like witnessing a guardian angel yes. come down. It's really
2: cool. And she just admires his stillness, even though from her angle, he looks almost perfectly still, but she knows that behind his back, he's twirling the ball, finding the placement of his fingers on the stitches, waiting for the pitch to be called. And she decides she's going to emulate that stillness because she is having hot and cold flashes. Mm -hmm. So she's sweating, but she's also has her teeth chattering. She's all miserable and she focuses and she stabilizes herself and becomes a mirror of her idol and she she manages to get back to sleep and as she sleeps something came and watched her and it watched her the rest of the night and when it left it didn't go far
0: the bear the bear did it (laughs) and that is it for this episode of Dairy public radio as always thank you for listening join us next episode where we will be finishing the book For Joshua Kahn and Benjamin Graham, I'm Pepsi Alexander reminding you, the world had teeth and it could bite you with them any time it wanted. Hey everyone, CM Alexander here. Thank you for listening to The Girl Who Loved Tom Gordon Part 1. We hope you enjoyed it. Let us know your theory on what's chasing Trish through the woods on our Facebook or Instagram at Dairy Public Radio or Twitter at Dairy Public, and you can send us an email at dairypublicradio at gmail.com. Don't forget to check out our Patreon page for bonus episodes and early releases. Search Dairy Public Radio on patreon.com and our Etsy store for all kinds of awesome merchandise. That's all for now, listeners. Goodbye.